0: have said, I am a good Christian now. When somebody tells you, oh, why don't you do this thing? Or have you guys ever heard that phrase going around? Oh, he's a good Christian now. He doesn't drink. Or, you know, I'm just looking for a good Christian man, not any of these jokers. <laughs> any of that stuff. That's a pretty common, common phrase in our society, is I'm just a good Christian now. Or, you know, I'm looking for a good Christian significant other, or whatever that looks like. But um, I, uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but um, it's not possible. <laughs> hate to break it to you, but uh, you can't make yourself good. I mean, that's kind of basically the, the preface of what I'm talking about tonight. Hey, Bella, I will find you. <laughs> um You're not following Jesus, listen up everybody, you're not following Jesus to become a better person. Now track me here, we're called to do good works, okay, in Christ Jesus, that's the darn truth of it, but um, we weren't created in Christ Jesus just to be good people and to get around and be good. Um, Why are we following Jesus? That's the big question here. You know, if, if we're not following Jesus just to be good people, then why are we following him? Anna, why are you following Jesus? Yeah, because you love him? That's a good reason, man. Because he said, follow me? He called you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a little story here. A story that I don't share very often. Because it was a long time ago and it's not relevant to my life very much anymore, but it is probably relevant to yours because I was in high school. So, when I was a sophomore in high school, I went to a youth conference called Acquire the Fire and God like radically changed my life. I mean, there were things like all of a sudden, all these things. I had no idea that you were supposed to read your Bible every day, okay? That never occurred to me. Um, I had no idea that the power that's in Jesus, I had had no idea that the relationship with him, that when you come into worship and you lift your hands, and just, I was watching the people worship God when I went to that youth conference, and for the first time, I got it. For the first time, I was like, man, these people have an actual relationship with God. This isn't just something they do, this is a relationship. And God really radically changed my life. And for the next year, I'd say um, God was, shifting and changing a lot of things in my life. But um, during that time, I went to a church that, um, well, first and foremost, in Butte, there's not a lot of dudes in Butte High who love Jesus, okay? Let me just say that flat out. It's not like, you know, to find somebody who's not even, I mean, that was the thing, is that I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for but I feel like I'm not asking for much. I just don't want somebody to be doing drugs. You know, I don't want somebody to be drinking alcohol. I just don't want somebody who's gonna cheat on me. You know, I don't want these things. I'm just looking for a good Christian man. I'm not looking for somebody crazy. I'm not, I just, I just, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I just know I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for them, you know, hosing the streets of Butte with their chew spit. So, um, (laughs) I felt like I wasn't asking for much. And um, that's part of the problem, I wasn't asking for much. But uh, there was this guy at my church, he was the pastor's kid, so I thought he was okay. (laughs) But uh, he was the pastor's kid, he played the drums. No, it was not Zeke. (laughs) It's ironic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's ironic. But um, he was a pastor's kid. And I thought, because I was young in my faith, I was like, oh, he's the pastor's kid. He says he loves Jesus. He, you know, he plays the drum in the worship team. Yeah, that means he loves Jesus. And he has to, right? He has to if he's on the drums. So I started to get to know this guy. And right off the bat, I felt a check in my spirit. I felt like God was telling me, have you ever started to get to know somebody And you just knew that something was off but you couldn't quite put your finger on it you know those people that you're like well but i have no reason i can't be so judgmental maybe they're fine you know well that was a check what we call a check in your spirit of god saying yo dog maybe you should check this out maybe he sucks (laughs) um so i started to get to know this guy and slowly but surely i started to like this guy and um He asked me out a few times, and I said no because I felt like I should say no, and um, my heart started to get entangled with this guy, but I felt like God told me no, and I found out later down the line why God was doing that. This dude was actually asking for naked pictures of me. He was just being a bad dude, yo. I did not kill him, but I did call God and tell him to kill him, and he 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 didn't kill him though, so he's still here, and he actually... I mean, no, I have, I have him on Facebook. He's not dead, okay? <laughs> he, has, he has a family now, okay? He's a, he has a family. <laughs> he must be a good guy, right? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, okay. So those were some of, that was the first time in since I was a Christian that I really felt the sense of a trial, the sense of God is asking me to do something God is asking me to give this guy up, but everything inside of me says, I do not want to give this guy up. Have you guys ever been in that place where God tells you to do something, and it just feels miserable? It feels like, it feels like it's going against everything in you to do what God is calling you to do. And so I had that. That was the first time that I had ever had that. Now, I will tell you guys, it, it does get easier the more you fall in love with Jesus because you have the faith of all those experiences to, to be on. But um, I remember he would be texting me, and that was before I realized that it's probably just a good idea to just not text guys after a certain time. But we would be up texting until like 2, 3 a.m., and he would be, um, he would be continually texting me. And just usually after it got dark out, which, ladies, Stop texting guys after 10 p.m. Just stop it. And guys, stop texting girls after 10 p.m. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you? You don't need to text me after 10 p.m. Okay. My heart was in continual agony. Now, I don't say that to be dramatic. It wasn't like constant agony. It's not like all day and all night I was in agony, but it was continual because I had this push and pull and this tug in my spirit. And it was like every week I felt like this continual, oh, I don't know what to do. And I felt this thing between me and Jesus. And it just sucked. It sucks to be in that place where you feel like girls. Where you feel like, um, where you, feel like you know what you need to do, but you just can't quite pull the trigger to do it. Um, I just, I had to get to the point where I had to let him go, you know. And, and I knew that. I knew that going into it that I had to let him go, and I just didn't want to do it. So I fought for a long time. Um, I wish I could say that after I did let him go, which nothing crazy ever happened, he was a big jerk, and eventually I just had to block him because he kept texting me randomly asking for pic- nude pictures of me. So I just had to eventually block the dude. I didn't fight him. What, what's wrong with you, Bella? <laughs> but... Um, I wish I could say that right after I saw, I found this really great guy who loved Jesus and it was all better and, you know, that wasn't my story. I was single for, like, a lot of years. What? Eventually, but that wasn't my all-in-all story. I was single through all of my high school years. With, I mean, I didn't date a guy in high school. I, my first kiss was Isaac, which is amazing, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah! Look at that love! Um, so I am proof that you can go through all of high and never kiss one of those dudes with the disgusting mouths. <laughs> what? Isaac was not crusty. <laughs> yes, my friend. I can't hear you. How old was I? I was 18, but we did not start dating at 18. How old were we when we started dating? I don't know, Isaac. You're better with numbers. 21? 22? I was, I mean. (laughs) 22. (laughs) Um, What? I'm not gonna tell you. Why would I tell you that? I told you I went to Butte High. He lives in this town, my friend. (laughs) No, he didn't have a mullet. Stop that. Stop with all these random questions that don't need I'm not going to answer these. <laughs> I'm not going to answer these questions, okay? <laughs> I do love Jesus. Thank you. Okay, 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 okay. It wasn't my story to find a guy. So, hey, pay attention. That wasn't my story. It wasn't like all of a sudden I gave this guy up and then God rewarded me right away with this guy, knight in shining armor, who could be this beautiful rebound. That never happened to me, Okay. <laughs> Instead, instead, during that time, all of a sudden, once I let him go, I felt this freedom that I had not felt um, since when I first met Jesus. I felt this, this sense of closeness with God, and I started to feel God teaching me things and starting to open heavenly kingdom mindsets and starting to show me about what the, starting to pour out his spirit into my life in different ways and teaching me about butte and i started to see a move of god in my life um, which is amazing i went on a missions trip to mexico and that next year after i let him go i um met some of my closest friends that i would ever have in my life which one of them is katie um i i started to see an outpouring of the holy spirit in answers to my prayers Not the prayer that I wanted answered, which was a good Christian guy. Um, But I started to see answers to my prayers like, I really need good Christian friends. Friends that can ground me in Jesus. And I started to see a lot of those questions answered during that time. And I really accredit that to, number one, God's goodness. And number two, obedience. Um, And just let me let you guys in on a secret here. Do you guys think that it was possible for me to let this guy go? No. It wasn't possible for me to let this guy go. I didn't feel like I had any power in me to do it. Yeah. Yeah, scumbags will wrap you around their freaking fingers. Don't you ever forget that. Um, it wasn't possible for me to let this guy go. Um, have you guys ever been in that situation where it just feels absolutely impossible it just feels like it's impossible, whatever that is. Um, so then, how did it happen? Well, let me tell you, since you're all asking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you guys have your Bibles, whether it's on your phone or otherwise, I'm going to go to John, John 10:14, and then I'll kind of read from there. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, John 10, 14, and 15, and then 27 through 30. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. And then a little bit later, it says in verse 27 through 30. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow my voice, Oh and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand, and I and the Father are one. Tonight, I'm going to be giving you a hot tip. A hot tip as to how to do the impossible. People are always excited to hear about how you can do the impossible and how people can do magic. Magic's so popular with all their card tricks. And um, I just wanted to uh, let you guys in on a secret because none of the stuff that I've done in my life since I became a Christian feels like it's possible with me. Where I'm at right now in preaching and being in a position where I'm pastoring different people doesn't feel like it's possible in myself, and that's good. Um, Letting that boy go, which he was a boy, not a man. Letting that boy go was impossible for me. Sharing my faith was impossible. (laughs) So if you guys tonight are somebody here who, when I'm talking about this, you guys have a habit that you just cannot give up. Or if you guys have a relationship, like say your siblings, that you're like, I just, it is impossible to get along with my siblings. It's impossible for me. If you guys have a situation in your life where you're like, man, I cannot honor my boss or I cannot honor my teachers. Lord knows that the teachers I've been given this year, they suck, okay? And there's no way I can get through this year swimmingly. It's going to really be hard. Um, Well, then I've got good news for you. Because you can't. (laughs) You can't do it. Is it possible to get along with your siblings? Romans 7.15 says, I don't know what I'm doing. The thing that I do not want to do is the thing that I'm doing, and the thing that I want to do is the thing that I cannot do. (laughs) How many of you just picked up on what I just said? Meaning, I'm constantly doing things I do not want to do, And everything that I want to do, all the good things that I want to do in my heart, it just feels like I can't do it. And I just felt like that that was part of God's word for tonight. Um, I feel like this is a word for tonight, so I want you guys to really listen up. Because I felt like Jesus was saying, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at your intentions. What you want, Ian, what you want is good. You want people to know me? Hey, listen up, Bella, you too. You want people to know me? You, don't, you guys don't want people to commit suicide? You want the best for people. And God is pleased with that. He's not angry with you for that. But here's what the, here's what the problem is. You know, even though you don't want to look at pornography, and even though you don't want people to commit suicide, and even though you have all these things in your life that you don't want it to have happen, the problem is that you've made yourself the source the source of your goodness has been found in yourself and you're trying to get through helping people to not commit suicide and and helping yourself to just not watch porn and and all these things in your life you're trying to do it by yourself you're trying to be your own source and that doesn't work we have slim to no ability to save ourselves that just they can't happen you cannot Save yourself. Like me texting that boy at 3 a.m. I remember 3 a.m. I'm texting this boy in the middle of the night, and I know that I shouldn't be texting him, and I'm having this conversation about God. My hands are shaking. I have tears running down my face because I'm like, I don't want to be texting him. I don't want to be further away from you, Jesus. I don't want this guy in my life, but I just cannot help it. I feel so helpless to this situation in my life. And then we beat ourselves up, right? When we do it, when I texted him, we beat ourselves up. We say, I know, stop that, Bella. <laughs> he was nothing compared to Isaac, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, 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 so get back here, get back here. Come on, go on, go on, come on. Okay. So we beat ourselves up when we can't do it. We say, I should have been better than that. You know, I'm a good Christian girl what's wrong with me? If people really knew who I was, if people really knew, if I know what I'm doing, and you just have this sense of shame on you, which just perpetuates this issue and dives you deeper and deeper into this issue that you have because you're trying to complete it on your own because you feel ashamed to bring it to Jesus. You know, you really are a terrible savior. (laughs) You can't do it. You can't save yourself. Saving yourself, saving others, you know, if, you, if people around you are cutting themselves and you're trying to save them and it's just not working, a true, lasting, life-changing salvation is only found in Jesus. It is only found in him. I want Christians, and this is the big thing that I've seen so much in myself when I am having issues, when myself, when I'm not alive, when I see in the Christian culture is that I see, I just want Christians to stop thinking that we have outgrown dependence on him. Because here's the thing, we were created to be dependent on him. These verses talk about that we're not the shepherd, we are the sheep. We don't actually know what we're doing. We will actually mess it up every time. Here's the thing, because I hear a lot of people talking about situations that have messed you up and people who have hurt you, and if they didn't hurt you or if this situation didn't happen, then you wouldn't be so messed up like you are, and I don't want to devalue abuse. I don't want to devalue any of that because that's fair and that's valid, but here's, here's the issue. You think that you would have been good if these things didn't happen to you. If your parents didn't just mess you up. If, if they would have just told you that thing that they should have told you. Or, you know, if, if, you, if you wouldn't have everybody around you messing you up, then you would have been good. But that's a lie. That's a lie. You will mess it up every time. Because of sin nature. The Bible talks about how we as sheep have all gone astray. Meaning that there's not one of us who would have been the good one. It's not like, man, we were the good sheep, but all these people messed it up and then it's not our fault. We have all gone astray. Because the good is only found in Jesus. He is the good shepherd, He is the one who is good. And we are the sheep. Now, the good news is that you're not just any sheep, you don't have a shepherd who sucks. Like, you have the good shepherd. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 talks about that by grace we are saved through faith. It's not by our works. It is the gift of God so that nobody can boast. And we are created as his workmanship, meaning that we are his continual creation, which is so beautiful that we are constantly being created and molded by him. Um... So I just want to bring up Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. I'm going to have to do this one on this. Okay, okay. Isaiah 55. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, probably. Um, 8 through 9, because I am cleric, so I want to control everything. And so this is a really good verse for me. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, which is the stars in the universe, which are galaxies away. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, did you know that God's ways are higher than your ways? God will ask us to do things that don't make sense or that goes against every fiber of our being. He'll tell us to do things more than once. He'll do it. And it feels like it goes against everything in you to do it. But I'm telling you, if you guys can get this, if you guys can get This dependence on him and this whatever he tells me to do, whatever his voice is saying, I want to be there. Not because you're like, oh, I just have to do everything perfect, but because you want to be with his voice. And because he really, his ways are higher than your ways. And his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If you guys could just get that. Um, He asked me to date Isaac, and that didn't make any sense to me at the time. I mean, at the time, I was not ready for that. Now I don't know what I'd do without him. And I just feel like if you want to see the impossible, if you want to do the impossible, I mean, we serve a God of the impossible. The things Jesus did when he was walking the earth was impossible. And he called us to it. Not because he's like, you guys have to do this in order to be Christians, but because he says he wants us to live life in abundance. And the things that the New Testament church did, they might have been persecuted, but they were the most joyous people who walked the earth. So if you want to see the impossible, do the impossible, and be the impossible, you have to get on board with the God of the impossible. And don't just get on board with God and say, you know, Jesus, you can come on to my life. You can come into my life, sure. You can... You can have, you can, you can come on. I'm going over here. You can come with me. That's not what Jesus is asking for. And the Bible's very clear about that, that he just doesn't want to go wherever you're going. He calls you, just like John said, he calls you to come after him. Meaning that it's not about him joining you. It's about you following him. Nothing is excluded. No part of your life, no depths of what you're willing to do now, I want us to get violent with making sure that nothing gets between us and Jesus. I mean, I'm violent for things that get between me and Jesus, the same way that I'm violent for things that get between me and me and Isaac. What? Bella, I don't even know what you said, but I don't need to hear it, my friend. <laughs> I want us to get violent for it. Say, no guy gets between me and God. No internet site gets between me and God. Nothing, no dishonor. No, no frustration in my heart, no instability in my life will get between me and my God. You guys have to get violent because we have, we have so much warring for our lives and so much warring for our hearts that we have to be violent. The Bible talks about that the kingdom of God is violent. It's not just when we go to church and it's a good time and we hang out with our friends and we sing some songs and we kumbaya up. No, there is, the kingdom of God is violent. And the violent people the, people, the people who are violent for their faith are those who take it by force. So if you want the impossible to happen in your life, you have to be violent for it. Um, and here's the thing. When we get on board with Jesus, when we say, this is what God wants me to do, I have really good news for you. Because when you get on board with what God wants to do, he always finishes what he starts i mean and he is faithful to complete what he starts so when we get on board with what he does i mean we have a terrible track record i have a terrible track record of finishing what i start i mean there are so many things in my life that i have started so many different workout routines i mean i've started a lot of things in my life that i've never finished you know but that's not the way god works he's faithful it's not just It's not just, like, uh, an aspect of his character, but it's literally who he is. He embodies faithfulness. I mean, he will never let you down. And that's the beautiful thing about getting on board with what he does. Um, Darn it. Sorry. Technology is the worst. Okay. Okay. you know, you don't have to make it super complicated. When you get on board with what Jesus does, he's not asking for some giant whatever. He just he just wants you to say yes. He just doesn't he doesn't want you to say I have to figure it out. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be strong enough to complete this thing because he doesn't he doesn't need your strength. Okay? He doesn't need any of that stuff. All he's looking for is your yes and your dependence on him. Um a while ago, I got, by a while ago, I mean last week. Um, <laughs> so so long ago. Um, <laughs> it's just forever ago. I'm not dramatic. Um, last week, I had this dream. And I have been getting more dreams lately. Some of them have been weird and dumb and not from Jesus, but this one really was, I feel like. And um, I feel like he was telling me about tonight. It was a dream of me. Because everything's about me. And um, I was going to go on a horse ride with some people, which I don't ride horses a lot. I mean, I've done it once, twice, maybe in my life. (laughs) But in this dream, I was riding a horse. And um, this horse that I was riding was just a pain in the butt. I mean, this horse, I kept trying to tell it what to do, and it would not for the life of me listen. It was fighting me tooth and nail. And it wasn't even that it was like, Trying to go off in this random direction. It was just trying to go too fast. It was just trying to, I mean, I wanted to stay with the group, and so I wouldn't, I kept trying to pull the reins back, which I believe is what you do with horses, and um, it just refused. It refused to, to listen to me, and so I eventually, because it was so bad, I had to say, I can't ride this horse. I can't do it, so I have to get a different horse because I have to stay with the group. I'm not just gonna like veer off into the woods somewhere with this horse. And so I got on a different horse. And I'll tell you, I've not ridden horses through the woods or anything ever in my life, but in my dream, I had the time of my life, my friends. I mean, (laughs) this horse was a dream. (laughs) Um, What? It was a a dream, literally. I was like, wow, what a pleasure to ride such a beautiful, tame horse who just wants to do what I want it to do. And I felt like God told me when I woke up from that dream, just be the second horse. You know, I'm not asking you to have it all together or to know what to do or to be this side or the other thing. I'm just asking you to go where I want you to go and to go at the pace that I tell you to go. Sometimes disobedience is just wanting to be somewhere where we're not yet, you know. And so, um, I just felt like God told me, be at my pace, be at my will, be where I want you to be, and just do what I tell you to do, and that's enough. He's not asking for everything. Um, I don't know if you guys know, Isaac told you a little bit about Afghanistan, but this past week for the news, I mean, news is never made more, I feel like, I mean... Between the stuff going on in Afghanistan, the stuff going on with COVID, with the new Delta variant, mass crap, there's also the stuff going on with Haiti. I don't know if you guys know this, but last Saturday there was a giant earthquake there. I believe it was like 7.2 or something. and Their death toll is still rising because they still haven't found everybody. There's a lot of crap going on in this world right now, a lot of instability, a lot of people who need Jesus, and a lot of just people who need comfort which the Holy Spirit is a great comforter, if you don't know. He's, he's where comfort comes from. Um, but I was really troubled this weekend, and it got to the point where Saturday night, was it Saturday or Monday, th- Sunday night? One of the nights that I was just, I was so troubled, but what I heard that I just couldn't sleep. And I, I was awake for hours in the middle of the night because my heart was just broken for all these people who know Jesus and they're going to meet him soon, too soon for a lot of people. And people who never met Jesus and they died in an earthquake and in a tragedy. And there's just so much going on around our world. And my heart was truly troubled. Um, and I felt like God told me that he's not asking for us to just be good in the world. He's not asking for us to just be a good enough person or to do these things in the name of good or to try to fix people, try to fix the world in the name of good because um, good do- isn't lasting. Um, I felt like he told me that, you know, that number one, he can fill me with peace, and he has. I slept amazing last night. But, um, <laughs> but the second is that, like, um, it's not enough to just be good or to just want good things. We have to bring Jesus to people, and that can't happen outside of him, outside of dependence with him, because lasting change, and lasting comfort, and lasting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, of what God is, is only found in him. And so, um, I just wanted to pray for you guys, and then we're gonna do our small groups, and just kind of process through a little bit of that, a little bit about what it means to strip off all of the good and just hold on to Jesus for dependence. And so, um, God, I just thank you so much for tonight, and I thank you for our students. I thank you for these teens. When I look at them, um, when I look at them, I just see, I see so many people who just want to do the right thing, who just want to be, just want your will, and I just pray that we would just get Absolutely desperate for your will, that we would say we want to be dependent on you, Jesus, and we want your kingdom to come. God, I just pray that we would stop being so self-focused all the time. I mean, we're constantly focusing on ourselves in America. And um, I just pray that we would look around and say, How can I bring Jesus to people? How can I not just be good, but how can I bring the love of God and bring the hope of the world to, to the world. And so, God, I just, um, I pray that you would seal this message in our hearts. And, God, I just pray that they would bring their questions to small group and bring all of their thoughts to small group and all of their hearts to small group and that they wouldn't hold back their vulnerability. And, God, I just, um, I just thank you that you're good, that you're the good shepherd.